Hello, you're listening to VHC, Vibes, History, and Culture, a show where we explore the unknown and little-known facts and gems about music and popular culture from a millennial lens. This is your host, Kevin Washington, and as we continue with our Black History Month celebration and commemorating with this episode, we are looking into the significance of HBCU bands. From Grambling State's world-famed Tiger Marching Band, to Howard's Showtime, to Florida A&M, aka FAMU's Marching 100, and of course the marching band from my alma mater, North Carolina A&T's The Blued and Gold Marching Machine. We're exploring untold stories and unsung heroes and the rich history and unique culture of the HBCU band. Let me first start off with my young memories of HBCU bands. Being that I grew up in North Carolina, the first bands of my childhood I witnessed was, of course, local North Carolina HBCU bands, like that of Johnson C. Smith University's marching band, known today as the International Institution of Sound, and North Carolina A&T State University's Blue and Gold Marching Machine. I was captivated by these bands and the overall performances of HBCU bands. They were completely different from other college and university marching bands that weren't HBCUs. Because may I say without any malice, HBCU bands have a little flavor, <laughs> power, drive, and may I add, soul. Along with that, the performances, the soul, heart, and passion put into them is telling a story of a people, a history, a culture, and legacy that goes as far as back as to the founding of these institutions themselves. Just listen to the sound of Gremlin State University's world-famed Tiger Marching Band. There's really nothing like an HBCU band. When they put on a show, they really put on a show. It's another aspect to HBCU life, history, and culture, which makes the HBCU experience completely different from any other college experience. Like most marching bands, they perform during sporting games, most notably football games, performing on the stands as the game goes on, performing the school's fight song and other energizing songs to get the crowd hyped and excited for the next play on the field. But what makes HBCU marching bands different, the songs they perform, other than on the field or on the stand, are mostly songs from African American culture, a repertoire of black music from greats of the 1960s and 70s 
from the 1980s and 90s of the fusion of hip-hop and R&B to contemporary music of the culture today. You hear all of it. And to share a little what I'm talking about, here's Southern University's The Human Jukebox Marching Band performing just late last year in 2023. And that was Southern University's Human Jukebox performing Shaka Khan's iconic version of My Funny Valentine, which appeared, of course, on the Waiting to Exhale film soundtrack. And we'll conclude our Black History Month celebration on the exploration of that iconic soundtrack later in the month. But let's continue on with the episode. Here's another performance by FAMU's Marching 100. A game against Howard University. That was FAMU's Marching 100 during their game against Howard University, performing the classic EU song, The Butt, from the 1988 classic film School Days, a film no less based on life at HBCUs. Ironically, the group EU is a go-go band, a genre that got its origins from the black community in Washington, D.C., where Howard University is. So it's funny that FAMU chose to perform that song on the stands at a game versus Howard. Another incredible performance is from my alma mater's marching band, the Blue and Gold Marching Machine, or what I like to call the Marching Aggies, from North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. And please forgive me as I brag on my university's marching band just for a little bit because the Aggies have performed at large stages in the country like the 2012 Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. And 
and the upcoming appearance of Santa Claus at the end of the parade were worth getting up for in the middle of the night. New Yorkers look forward to this day all year long. Many of them make arrangements to watch the celebration from windows in the high-rises all along this parade route. Just recently at the annual 2024 Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. The country is approaching the North Carolina A&T Blue and Gold Marching Machine. The number one ranked band among HBCUs. And when we talk about HBCUs and their marching bands, if you can boast that you're number one, you're legit number one across the country. Yeah, the elite of the elite. <laughs> ever Rose Bowl appearance, 232 members making the trip here to Pasadena. You know, and it's expensive, right? Yeah. They have to raise their own money. It's a cost about roughly $2,000. Um, so they're chosen 14 months in advance. Yep. I want to give them a lot of time. It's a $2,000 per band member. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of money yep. to raise. So you're looking at car washes Absolutely. and, you know, fundraisers and the present, the tournament of roses, like going to your town to raise money. Uh, so there's so much effort, time, and not just the practicing, yeah, yeah. actually practicing, yeah. just to get to be here, the dedication that it takes for these bands. It's really admirable in their local communities and their schools and such. And 21 bands uh, for this tournament of roses. And of course, for North Carolina A&T and that marching band, the Blue and Gold Marching Machine, for them that experience this for the first time ever. I mean, they formed in 1918 to be here representing HBCUs. Thrilling. Well done. And that was Hannah Storm and Kevin Nagandit's 
from NBC Sports talking about A&T's Blue and Gold Marching Machine as the number one marching HBCU band in the country. A band that started back in 1918 during a time of Jim Crow segregation to now being ranked number one amongst all HBCU bands. What an incredible legacy. Getting major media spotlight and performing on major stages like the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade to the Rose Bowl parades alike. And I am glad that HBCU marching bands are getting a bigger platform now. But for a long time, not much attention was given to them on that type of large media scale. That was until the 2002 film starring Nick Cannon, Drumline, which the fictional HBCU and the fictional band was totally based on North Carolina A&T, hence the name of the fictional college, Atlanta A&T University. I mean, the design of the band's uniform was straight up A&T's colors, just saying. <laughs> anyway, it was so awesome to see the growing spotlight to the magic that is HBCU bands because the rich history and culture is so deep and is so incredible. So now that we have introduced you to the magic that is the HBCU band and the HBCU band sound, let's go in further with the rich history and legacy. As we continue to dive deep into the history of HBCU bands and the cultural impact in today's world, there's so much to cover. Let's just start from the beginning when American military bands recruited large numbers of black musicians. As a matter of fact, in 1738, a Virginia House of Burgess required military service of free black men and Native American men, 5,000 African-American men to be exact, provided military service during the American Revolutionary War. Black servicemen being recruited for the military bands continued after the War of Independence following the War of 1812. All black brass bands formed across the U.S most notably in New Orleans, who cultivated the theatrical styles of minstrel shows of that time period. So drawing from those traditions, the first HBCU band was established in 1890 at the Tuskegee Normal School, which of course would later be renamed Tuskegee University. And under student direction later in 1907, Tuskegee's first professional director was retired U.S. Army Major Nathaniel Clark Smith. Similar marching bands at other HBCUs were established following Tuskegee, like Nathaniel Clark Smith. W.C. Harding, a former minstrel show musician, was appointed as the director of Alabama AME University, where they began performing popular songs of the day, in addition to marches, an approach that will later 
become popularized amongst other HBCUs and PWIs alike. However, the earliest form of what we see now as the performance and musicality style of HBCU marching bands, which includes the distinctive high stepping style mixed with popular music and elaborate dance routines by both band members and color guards and the like, can be traced to FAMU in the 1940s under the direction of William P. Foster, most notably known as the Law and the Maestro. Foster served the school from 1946 until 1998. And we mentioned Grambling State earlier in the show. Beginning in 1952, Grambling's band, under the direction of Conray Hutchinson, helped cultivate a reputation for extravagant performances, which obviously HBCU bands still follow today. So this incredible rich history and legacy of HBCU bands cannot be overstated and overlooked. It has influenced how all college university marching bands operate and perform. Speaking to the big spotlight placed on the magic, culture, and heritage of HBCU life and bands, a big shout out to Beyonce for putting the HBCU band on the big platform that is the Coachella stage, which of course is affectionately known as Baychella. Back in 2018, Queen Bee introduced the world to most of the aspects of HBCU culture and music, from frat and sorority step shows to lift every voice and sing, and of course the dynamic marching band that performed a lot of Queen Bee's iconic catalog on the Coachella stage, with a diverse audience captivated with the music and who also got a little exposure to the HBCU music and style. A performance B later released on Netflix in 2019 entitled Homecoming, named after the cultural stables of HBCUs, their homecomings. A&T's homecoming is known as G-H-O-E, the greatest homecoming on earth. Just thought I'd note that. <laughs> And here's another performance at Baychella, a HBCU marching band style performance of B's hit Party.
to put a finer point on this discussion on how the HBCU band culture has had an impact on the larger black American culture is a discussion from PBS's Soundfield with Arthur L.A. Buckner and Grammy Award winning percussionist Jasmine Grisby about the elevation of HBCU marching bands and how they continue to influence popular culture today. In the South, the music culture is so prevalent. It's so thick. It's still strong. It's like kids can grow up going to see a battle of the bands and and being influenced by that. Um, Why do HBCUs play such a big role in marching band culture? You know, the, the history of marching band is very militant, it's very straightforward, it's, you know, it's commands. Uh, the military bands were there to help the military. we got to give credit to Dr. William Foster at Florida A&M, really, who kind of, kind of changed the way HBC bands appeared and how they performed. And it gives us a sense of belonging. We, we hear we hear our music, we, we produce our music, but to put it on a field with live instruments gives us that, that, that seasoning that a lot of other bands cannot give. Couldn't have said it any better myself. I remember going to those Battle of the Bands when I was in middle and high school. I remember way before I was a student there, I remember going to A&T and being wild by the gospel choir and blown away by the marching band, the beats, the drums, the incredible marching band style and musicality, and of course, just the overall culture of HBCUs and the rich heritage that I proudly embrace and so humbly and honored to play some role in that and proudly proclaim to the masses because HBCU life is an important and necessary fabric in American culture and institutions of higher learning. And to continue to note that the HBCU bands give it that flavor, that power, that drive, and most of all, that soul. As we close this episode, just want to thank you all for listening to the podcast. Whenever you're listening to the podcast, also for those who subscribe, download and share the podcast. And we encourage you to continue to do just that. And thank you so much for that. And we have more where that came from as we continue to celebrate Black History Month in next week's show. We are taking the deep dive into the richness and oftentimes 
the unsung heroes that is the black musicians, singers, and artists of Americana, folk, and old-time music. Tune into the podcast on Spotify as well as Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcasts available. You can also reach out to me via email, kevwash, all lowercase, k-e-v-w-a-s-h-46 at yahoo.com. Also on social media, on Instagram, at Kevin underscore Washington underscore 887. And you can check out VHC's website, kevwash46.wixsite.com slash VHCP. VHC also has a Facebook page and a YouTube page, so you should check it out there as well. And you can also find yours truly on LinkedIn. This is your host, Kevin Washington, and we'll catch you next time. Peace.